Hello, 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 and welcome into Coach's Corner. It is a Friday morning. It is February 16th, and we are back with a new episode of Coach's Corner. Obviously, we missed last week. That was just, you know, things came up. But, you know, we're back. We're back with another week. We're back um, post-NFL season. We're going to get into some other sports here, but I feel like we have to start with the finale of football. We have to start with the Super Bowl Super Bowl 58 that ended the Kansas City Chiefs once again being your Super Bowl champions for yet another year. And, you know, people are going to be really upset, rightfully so, because that's what what people do when teams are winning. It's a lot easier to get mad at a team that's winning, you know, as a general fan. It's easier to get mad at the team that's winning all the time as opposed to the teams that are in the middle of the pack and not doing anything. It happened. You know, it happened with the Patriots, it happens with, I mean, mostly, literally any team. Like, if the Cowboys were winning games that, like, actually mattered, I feel like people would hate the Cowboys even more than they do now. So, you know, it comes with the territory, but obviously I feel like sometimes you have to step back as a fan, and you have to look and appreciate the greatness. And that's kind of what I touched on in my preview leading up to the game on LK Sports Talk. I touched on the fact that we need to appreciate what was happening, because it's a rare thing that, you know, I say it's rare, although we're getting two pretty big dynasties back-to-back. But it's rare to see this level of play, you know, year in and year out, because Patrick Mahomes, since he's, you know, become the full-time starter in Kansas City, has matured and grown into, like, the second-best quarterback of all time, and potentially the best quarterback of all time, if you take away the accolades. And, you know, it's one of those, like, you can just say that, and sometimes it's just a weightless statement that you say because you're in the moment and you're witnessing it now. But you can really look at this and say, this is the best quarterback I've ever seen. Because you can say that, you know, Tom Brady, who is ahead of him because of Super Bowl titles and whatnot, I mean, but... Tom Brady was is not moving around like Patrick Mahomes. He's he doesn't have he didn't have the killer arm that Patrick Mahomes has. Uh, you know, throwing it from different angles off his back foot and you know with barely seeing the receiver. You know, it really Tom Brady's you know greatness really comes from the fundamentals and how perfectly mastered he was at doing those fundamental things. Where Patrick Mahomes is an improv artist with his you know, play, and he shows it week in, week out with him running around um, or just being from the pocket and just, you know, keeping the play alive just enough to where then he can fire off a 50-yard pass. You know, there's plays like that, and, you know, that's just Tom Brady's ahead of him. I mean, like I said, not the most special player. He just has a bunch of accolades because he played for so long, which is a, you know, testament to him. But, you know, look behind Patrick Mahomes at people that you would presumably place ahead of him if you were, you know, really kind of looking at other accolades and, like, what you would perceive as the guys that were behind Brady before Mahomes came up. Joe Montana, four Super Bowls over his entire career, you know, I'd say largely considered a winner during his time, you know, kind of just dominated, you know, won games, won a lot of games, but, you know, I, I don't, he had Jerry Rice, obviously, that helps, uh, Bill Walsh, who, you know, I would probably consider the best coach of all time. And, you know, like I said, Patrick Mahomes, it's not like he's not working with these. Like, he has Travis Kelsey. He has Andy Reid. He has a terrific defense. Um, 
But if you look at it now, Patrick Mahomes has more wins in the playoffs than Joe Montana did in his entire career. And that's through year six for Patrick Mahomes. And then outside of that, really, there's no real argument for any of the guys behind him because Peyton Manning, who obviously terrific regular season quarterback, holds records there, um, you know, won two Super Bowls. One was, you know, at the very end of his career when he was barely really playing quarterback, really. Um, you know, Peyton Manning was not a winner in the playoffs. You know, Patrick Holmes has more wins than him in the playoffs. That's just a fact. Um, other guys, Dan Marino obviously didn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, Steve Young won a couple, but not back-to-back. Or maybe he won back-to-back. I'm, i got to look, look back on my history. It's been a while. You know, you see what I'm doing here now? It's like after you get past, like, Peyton Manning and um, Joe Montana, there's really not a lot of guys you can actually, like, confidently say, like, yeah, maybe they have a case. Aaron Rodgers, maybe he has a case, but he won a Super Bowl well over a decade ago, hasn't been to the Super Bowl since then, and, I mean, other than some meaningless MVPs, I say meaningless, but, you know, MVPs that really, you know, didn't result in anything, you know, I can't really consider him. Um, Brett Favre won a ton of MVPs, but he only has one Super Bowl. To like two Super Bowl appearances. Either way, like these are just guys I'm trying to come up with now that I can maybe make an argument. I can't. I, I just can't really now looking at it because Patrick Mahomes is that good and I feel like it's something you have to appreciate. And because I mean, really, the only issues that I ever hear with the you know Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team is the stuff that's really just like you can't blame them for. The goal is to win games in the NFL. They do that at a very high clip. You know, obviously over the past six years, they've done that at a very high clip. Have been to the AFC Championship every year. You know, you don't like Taylor Swift. I mean, I don't either, but she's she's there. But that's, it's such a, you know, been such a big part of this NFL season. But it was never a distraction for this Chiefs team. You know, I, I, this is all stuff I touched on, okay, sports talk, but the receivers, I mean, people were basically destroying these receivers, saying they were the worst group on planet Earth for a time period because, you know, they dropped some passes, but when the playoffs came around, they kind of showed up. You know, this defense early on in Patrick Mahomes' career was not good. It was very, you know, flimsy. You look back at the Rams-Chiefs game, that was a classic a couple years back. You know, that that game happened and I mean that was part of like everyone being like oh god this Chiefs team will never like be made for long-term success because their defense is so flimsy Steve Spagnuolo just re-upped as their defensive coordinator and I'm sure he's getting one of the higher salaries in the league because of the job that he's done with his Chiefs defense you know with Chris Jones with Nick Bolton with Legereus Sneed who's a free agent now with Justin Reed Willie Gay George Karloftis, like these guys I'm just listing out are like very impact, you know, players to the Kansas City Chiefs in what they do. And they showed up in a big time moment when they needed them the most in that game. And I mean, there's just, it's just really something that since my team hasn't lost to the Chiefs, I can appreciate it. Because if my team is in that Super Bowl and my team lost that way to the Chiefs, I would lose my mind and I would hate them. But as a Falcons fan, I really do not care because 
My team hasn't been my team has not been relevant since Patrick Mahomes has become the starter in Kansas City. They last made the playoffs in 2017, and Patrick Mahomes was drafted in 2017. So, you know, for that reason, I haven't had to deal with Patrick Mahomes in my football life as an opponent. So for now, until that day does eventually come, hopefully, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to appreciate the greatness that is Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. It's just an easier life right now to enjoy it rather than tear it down. And I know that's something that I have done throughout my fandom with guys such as LeBron James. And I I didn't torn down Tom Brady and diminished him as his stuff, but I didn't like the guy. You know, I, I wasn't like... You know, you can't deny guys like that, but, you know, sometimes you take issue because they beat your team, and that's what I did with those guys, but that's not what I'm going to do with Patrick Mahomes, not yet at least. So, with that, I think that's a good place to close the NFL regular season, or not regular season, but NFL 2023-2024 season. And let's touch on some NBA, you know, uh, that'll be where we probably transition to um we're going to transition here for a brief moment before the March Madness kicks up you know it just hit the all-star break last night you know celebrity all-star game is tonight whatever you feel about that I, I don't really care about it that much it's good stuff to put on my tv when I don't really have anything else going on but regardless let's look at some NBA standings let's look at these teams what's going on um, and this will be like, I, this will just be me roughly just kind of spitballing what I see in these numbers on my screen in the NBA standings, not really my eye test. I've seen a handful of games, like I've watched the Hawks, I've watched the Nuggets, like I've watched some of these teams, but I, I don't have, like I don't have a well-formed opinion on, you know, the 10th man on the Indiana Pacers, I don't. But I can look at some of these stats and kind of pick away things from this um, season that I think are relevant. So first in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics do sit on top, 43-12. and 12. Uh, From what I've heard, they've kind of just been the dominant force in the NBA, you know, dropping a game here and there, but who doesn't? They're not a historic team, but they're a really, really good team. And the transition period with Chris Stops and Drew obviously has not really affected them as much as a transition period for another team. And, you know, after well, after that, after the Celtics, we have the Cavaliers who I can't ever take the Cavaliers seriously because just what they showed in the playoffs last year against the Knicks was pitiful. I mean, frankly, it was pitiful. There's no real other way to describe it. They have the pieces. They have two great bigs for defense in the middle. They have a star in Donovan Mitchell. I think Garland's a good player. They've got some role players. Struess is a guy who can shoot threes, play defense. But you got to prove it to me. Um, then we got the Milwaukee Bucks in at three, and this is the team I was talking about. They are not handling this transition period. It seems they might have bought in on Damian Lillard a year too late. It seems like his defense is pretty, you know, pretty bad. <laughs> and, you know, they also fired their coach in the middle of the season and hired Doc Rivers, who, if you know anything about Doc Rivers, is he's terrible. So, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks kind of hanging on by a thread. But alas, they, they're sitting at number three. You know, anything can happen. Anything can get hot. But this truly, would, I think, be a miracle if the Milwaukee Bucks were playing in the NBA Finals this season. And that's tough for a team that's definitely trying to win in this window that they have with Giannis and Dame. You know, it's that's a 
tough to just kind of punt a year, but that feels like what the Bucks are doing. Um, the Knicks sit at number four. A very good season for the Knicks. They haven't been great as of late. Um, but, you know, Jalen Brunson has been a star for them, star signing. Julius Randle has been a good second fiddle, although he's hurt right now. Um, the OG Ananobi trade, which I was very questionable of at the time, has turned out to be really good. I mean, OG fits very well in Tom Thibodeau's system, kind of a Lou Aldang type. Um, but the Knicks, like I said, they're playing good basketball on the whole as a season, but recently they've slid a little bit. They got to get back to some winning. The Philadelphia 76ers sit at the five seed um, without Joel Embiid right now. They're kind of, you know, trying to hold, you know, keep air, I guess, while trying to drown. You know, it's it's brutal. The 76ers are in a brutal position missing Joel for a lot of months because they are built around him. As much as I don't like the guy, that's another guy I tear down a lot. As much as I don't like the guy, I mean, he's important to what they do, and so missing him is obviously a big blow, but... You know, they're hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Once again, a thread. Um, Pacers at the 6th seed, they've been a really fun story with how um, Tyrese Halliburton's been playing this season. I've always liked Tyrese Halliburton, and he's really kind of blossoming into his own stardom right now. You know, real great distributor, potentially the best passer in the league, along with Trey Young. Um, he's really elevated that team. I didn't understand some of the moves that they made during the trade deadline. You know, felt like they were selling off pieces that were good for them and could help them win. You know, Buddy healed, I guess. Maybe he just never was supposed to be there, but still, maybe it opens minutes for young guys they wanted to. I don't know, but either way, they're they're they started off hot, but they've kind of been sliding recently. So it's you know we'll see how they do, how they finish out. Miami Heat, who started off horribly, have kind of rebounded to play some better basketball. I, I still don't believe them in in them this year just because I don't I don't see a scenario where they really flip the switch. It feels they feel like worse last year, like worse than last year, and even last year they weren't great. But I don't know. I don't. I'm not seeing the like flip the switch in the in the playoffs type mode from them. They kind of feel like they feast on the bad, you know, their division, the um, Southeast division, which has the Hawks, Hornets, Wizards, and Magic, so they kind of feast on them. I don't know how they do against the rest of the league. Then we have the Orlando Magic, who have a very fun theme song, and they've been winning some games recently. Um, Paolo Bancaro has been a star for them, really breakout. Great number one overall pick, it turns out. Shocker how that works. Um, but they have a lot of pieces. They're a fun, young team. We'll see if they kind of develop and get some playoff experience this season. Then you have the real bottom feeders, teams that are under 500 but are in the play-in technically. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, who just beat the Hawks a couple nights ago, um, they're kind of a mess. You know, post they're in the post Zach Levine era. Like, I mean, Zach Levine probably will not play another um, another game with the Bulls. But you know, I mean, they're they're fine. They have fine pieces, but. They're not going to win anything serious. Same with the Atlanta Hawks. They have fine pieces, but the gel, they just don't gel at all. Like, it's its a mess. You have those games where they look like they're on top of the world. Jalen Johnson's flying around. Trey Young is passing the ball, shooting the ball everywhere. DeJounte Murray's actually playing defense. But then most of the time you just get a very subpar performance from a DeAndre Hunter. 
Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I like, bo- bo- or I like Bogey, but he can throw out some stinkers. Either way, Hawks are hanging on by a thread. They're lucky that the Brooklyn Nets aren't better than what they are, but that's where we end the play-in is the Atlanta Hawks because we have the Brooklyn Nets, we have the Toronto Raptors, Charlotte Hornets, Washington Wizards, and Detroit Pistons all battling for draft seeding. So, with that being said, we move over to the Western Conference. Western Conference, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves sitting on top, a very new face, um, new-ish face, I guess. They were the eighth seed last year, are growing into their own. They're very, I mean, they're immature, but they're very fun. So it's like, you know, they're kind of maturing and winning games Figuring it out as they go. Anthony Edwards is a star. Cat uh, is settling in nicely to his two spot. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been very good for them in the back end. They are very good defensively. And so I, th- I think they could cause some issues in the playoffs. It's, they're the only team that's not allowing over you know, 110 points per game. So real testament to how they play defense. Um, they're not scoring great, but still, they play a lot of defense. Next is another young gun team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've been rebuilding ever since, you know, they kind of shipped off the Russell Westbrook, Paul George duo. Um, and this is this is the culmination of that. You have Shea Gilgis Alexander sitting at the one spot who's a great point guard, all-star point guard. Chet Holmgren, who they got as a second pick a couple years back, is in his first season, his first full season playing. He's been terrific. Jalen Williams... Uh, Lou Dort, like the guys that are just playing in as their role is also, you know, very quality, high quality NBA talent. And you can see it in the record, 20 games over 500. Uh, Then you have the Clippers who have been on a very, very hot streak recently. They've kind of figured it out. This, this might be their last chance really with the way their guys are aging and the contracts are set up. Clippers might have this one shot at a title. Other, if they don't get it this year, then think they're going to be having to hit reset. Then you have the reigning champs, the Denver Nuggets. You know, these four teams really are all within a game or two of each other. Uh, Denver Nuggets, it wouldn't shock me if they are kind of just coasting right now. They're not really playing their best. I think they've dealt some, not long-term injuries, but some, you know, banged up here and there. You know, more long-run type of stuff. Um, but I think that Denver Nuggets will turn it on late. Um, but yeah, right now, I mean, they're like I said, they're still in position. They're three games back of the one seed, so technically they can still fight their way up. But right now they sit at four. And then you have the Phoenix Suns, um, New Orleans Pelicans, Dallas Mavericks, and Kings, who are all kind of around the same spot. The Lakers are there too, but you know, Suns have been good, but you know, not the world beaters that everyone thought. Bradley Beal's been. Banged up here and there, obviously. Um, New Orleans Pelicans have been... I haven't seen a Pelicans game all year, and I was shocked to see they're doing this well. I knew the Mavericks were playing well. feels like Kyrie's you know, kind of being a productive basketball player again, so that's cool. Then you have the Dallas Mavericks... Or I said, I just talked about them. You have the Sacramento Kings, who obviously were the darlings last year. They've fallen a little bit, but I think it's more of the West has just gotten a lot better. Um, you have the Lakers, who... You know, they're hot and cold. Who knows with them? They have a negative. They're the only team in the um, play-in or playoffs slash play-in for the Western Conference that has a negative point differential, which kind of tells you all you need to know about them. Golden State, who is kind of, they're they're surging along. Um, 
they're they're doing things. I don't know. They're being a very weird team this year. They're towards the end of their dynasty run. You know, Clay Thompson's now coming off the bench because he's not been good. Draymond Green is a mess, but Steph Curry is chugging along per usual. Then you have your teams at the play-in, like Utah Jazz, who great, good pieces on that team, but they just they don't have a star. They can't get over the hump. They the Utah Jazz today's Utah Jazz would have been a four seed in the Eastern Conference like ten years ago, but they're sitting at the eleventh spot in the Western Conference. You have the Rockets, who um, I think are just kind of learning culture, I guess, under Ime Udoka. Um, Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant, they're just, they're doing things. Um, then Portland and San Antonio, okay, okay, sure, why not? So that's the NBA for you, that's your NBA catch-up, um, we might do that weekly, who knows, we'll see, uh, if anything happens during the week, now that football's over and we have to kind of fill some time until the playoffs. Um... Kaylin Clark broke the all-time scoring record in, uh, I don't know if it was all of college basketball or women's hoops. I think it was women's hoops. But either way, Kaylin Clark is, you know, the case that you can market a female player. You know, it's one of those uh, people complain about it all the time that, you know, women's sports doesn't have the same support. It doesn't have the same marketing money. That is true. But if you get an athlete that is you know, as breathtaking uh, to watch or, you know, great as Caitlin Clark has been, I think you can find that funding. You can find that marketing. It's just very hard to do it in a very limited capacity because there aren't athletes. The Caitlin Clarks don't grow on trees. You know, you get a golden goose every now and then. You know, you can't get them every year. You can't get a couple every year. They're good, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, there's good players out there. There's no doubt that there's very quality, high quality players. But you know, to see a transcendent talent like Caitlin Clark, you know, it's it's rare. And so you know, she'll move on to the next level, and we'll see if she can be the player that picks up and you know elevates, I guess, women's sports and the WNBA as a whole. But you never know until it happens. So we'll just have to wait and see how this plays out. But for the for the moment. Enjoy Caitlin Clark because she is an absolute superstar. So, with all that being said, I I can't think about anything else that's happening really. I mean, baseballs, pitchers, and catchers are reporting, but it's just a lot of guys doing long toss and very terrible quality uniforms because Nike fanatics are terrible. So, with all that being said, I think I will depart. I'll leave you guys to your weekend. Make sure you like, share, subscribe to the show. Um, check out LK Sports Talk for my last article. I did a year in review, kind of touching on, a lot, I think, some of the big topics that happened during the season. And, you know, kind of the year-long review. And now we move on to the NFL draft. And maybe that'll be what we touch on next. But either way, I am your host, Lucas Kochevar. As always, I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.